just gonna dip my fingers in all these. Yeah, if you didn't know what it was, you might be opposed to eating it. You know, it's like it's like really, I wanna say like fishy. Hello and welcome to a brand new segment for the Fresh Cap channel called Mushroom Coffee. And no, it's not actually about mushroom coffee, even though I'm drinking one right now. The whole idea is a show about mushrooms that's gonna take about the same amount of time as a coffee break. So uh, we used to do this thing, I mean, Tegan, every single Friday called Fresh Cap Friday, where we would talk about mushrooms and talk about, you know, all things from medicinal mushrooms to mushroom foraging and everything in between. And we really thought it'd be fun to bring that back in the form of a weekly show where we just chat mushrooms, connect with the community, talk about mycological news and new things that are happening. And uh, yeah, just a way to interact. So if you've part of the channel already, you're probably pretty familiar with who I am, but you might be less familiar with Tegan, but she's obviously a huge part of Fresh Cap. So to start off the show, the first inaugural mushroom coffee show, maybe it makes sense for Tegan to introduce yourself. I'm Tegan, obviously, like Tony <laughs> just mentioned. Uh, Co-founder of Fresh Cap Mushrooms and person behind all the products. So anytime you get a new product or you want to know about product testing, I'm the one to go to. So there you go. Yeah. So, and background in nutrition and food science yep. as well. Yeah. Background in nutrition, food science, and a huge passion for product development and product innovation. Yeah. So, um, although I spent a lot of time on this channel blabbing about mushrooms, <laughs> Tegan's been working just as hard behind the scenes, doing a lot of stuff with Fresh Cap. But again, we used to do Fresh Cap Friday every week and now we're just kind of bringing that back and today what we're going to be talking about is mushroom powders or more specifically how to use mushroom powders because we do get a lot of questions about medicinal mushrooms functional mushrooms mushroom powders how to actually use them some of the intricacies in terms of what to look for and some of the things to maybe avoid and um, try to answer some of the most frequently asked questions about functional mushroom powders today on the show so let's get into it let's get into it so okay. I think the first thing we want to talk about is how mushroom powder is actually made, stuff like what parts of the mushrooms are used, how are they extracted, we're going to talk about ratios and stuff like that. So first of all, why don't we just talk about what the heck is mushroom powder anyways? Yeah, and maybe we should clarify that what we talk about now doesn't mean that every product is made in that way. So right. certain products might be made differently with different inputs, different extraction methods, uh, but this is what we do. Yeah. So. Let's get into it. So what is, it, what is a mushroom powder? A mushroom powder is a mushroom fruiting body that has been dried, ground, and extracted, analytically tested, and then made into an available mushroom powder. Exactly. And it's not always coming from fruiting body. There's like a lot of different debates, which could be a whole different show about mushroom fruiting body versus mycelated grain or mycelium on grain. But we use a whole mushroom fruiting body, and basically the process is you take a whole mushroom fruiting body that's dried, you grind it up, then we put it through a hot water extraction process or an alcohol extraction process and then spray dry that whole thing and turn it into a powder that can easily be added to coffee, tea, to smoothies, and to all sorts of different things. Um, there's lots of stuff to talk about there in terms of extractions, like what parts of the mushrooms are used, extraction ratios. That can go, get super technical and we will dive into a lot of that different stuff. But um, yeah, the thing I wanted to note too is the mushroom powder We'll try and get a zoom up on this on this later, but it is like a pretty dark color, um, and it's a different color than the actual mushroom fruiting body. I guess this lion's mane is kind of browning out a little bit, but when people see lion's mane mushroom, they see that it's like this nice white fluffy mushroom, and if you grind it up, it is kind of like a, a light fluffy powder. But once it goes through that extraction process, all those beneficial compounds get a lot more uh, concentrated, and then it turns into this this extract powder. So. 
there's a large difference between something like myceliated grain, which I actually have here, which would be just like either rice or oats that had mushroom mycelium grown through it, and then you, you grind that up, and that's, you know, it kind of looks like rice or oats. And usually all of this species, if it's a myceliated grain product, will look very similar, smell very similar. So that is an interesting thing to note also if you do have different products at home. Say you have something that's myceliated grain, you have a chaga, reishi, a lion's mane, and cordyceps, all myceliated grain. They probably all smell pretty similar. Yeah, exactly. And actually, maybe we should do that. If you pass me that plate, yep. um, let's do this where we kind of show the differences. Oh, this one's not open. I can okay. just open it. Show the differences between some of the different extracts and some of the different colors that you can see. So, where's my scoop? It's buried in there? It's in there somewhere. Okay, I can't find it. So I'm going to use the lion's main scoop. Yeah, right. You'll also be able to tell a difference. There will be a different density to different products too. They won't all look the same. Smell the same, taste the same. All right. Yeah, so. Give a close up? Yeah, why don't you give a close up on, on that camera? So, and maybe you can even point to them and yeah. show which species is which. Yeah, this one is Chaga, Cordyceps, Rishi, Turkey Tail, and Lion's Mane. Right, so of course, all different functional mushrooms have different applications. People use them for different reasons, like lion's mane for cognition, and uh, reishi for sleep, and as an adaptogen and stress, turkey tail for the immune system. And of course, they are all different mushrooms. They all look different, so the extractions look different. But you can see some of the similarities are, you know, they're all much darker in color than the actual mushroom fruiting body. Um, but they also have different granularities. So, you know, cordyceps is really kind of dense and you know thin and and some of them are a lot more fluffy but there is major differences between all the different extracts and that's one thing you'll notice like if you look at a bunch of different mushroom powders they can look a lot different depending on what part of the mushroom is used how they're extracted all these kind of things so if you open mushroom powders and they all smell the same and they all look the same you might wonder like what what are they <laughs> because they should look different taste different and smell different yeah what's your favorite mushroom powder like if you were to rate them on different tastes and and all that kind of stuff I really like chaga because it's earthy, turkey tail because it's fairly neutral, cordyceps to me has the strongest taste, but I mean if you mix it into a smoothie or add it to something, usually it's hidden quite well. So. Right. But if I'm mixing it into a tea, my go-to is always the ultimate mushroom complex. Right, which is just like a blend of all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like Lion's Mane the most, honestly. I think I'm like pretty partial to Lion's Mane. Uh, it's one of my favorites, but um, I actually also do like Cordyceps. And, and you mentioned it does have like kind of a stronger flavor. Yeah. Not everybody can get behind it, but I honestly, love it. I don't mind just adding yeah. Cordyceps powder to water and like pounding it for a, a pre-workout or something like that. Um, yeah, I actually don't mind it at all, but <laughs> you're not, I know you're not a fan of that one. Um, so we will get into talking about like okay, here's a mushroom powder. We kind of know about the benefits, but like, how do you actually use them? Is there anything you need to consider when you're using them? So we can get into all of that. Um, but firstly, again, I just want to talk about some of the things that you should look for if you are getting a mushroom powder. So we talked about, first of all, find out what part of the mushroom is used, right? And, and what types of active compounds are actually in the mushroom. And a lot of times that will be labeled or put on the actual label. So you can see like beta-glucans, for example, is a, a compound that helps support the immune system. And you can actually test for that. So you can take a mushroom powder and you can test for how much 
beta-glucan. I mean, using laboratory analysis, kind of hard to do at home. But you can test how much beta-glucan is actually in there, and then you can put that in the label. Um, so you should be looking for that. Yeah, and if you look at the supplement facts panel of any legitimate company, they will be listing active compounds on there. So you'll be able to tell exactly what you're getting. Yeah. So, and the other thing to consider too is like different mushrooms and different extraction ratios will have different levels of active compounds. So, for example, turkey tail is like super good for supporting the immune system and it actually has one of the highest levels of uh, beta-glucan. Like I think in our turkey tail, it's 35% uh, guaranteed minimum level of beta-glucan. Whereas you compare that to something like cordyceps might have 31%, uh, chaga is a little lower. Um, in the in the 15% range, but yeah, the different mushrooms will have different levels. And there's other things too, like triterpene and cordycepin. So whatever compounds you're looking for, uh, based on the certain benefits that you're looking for, you can test for those and uh, put it on the label. Yeah, so that's one thing to look for. Compounds are pulled out with different extraction methods too. So you also want to look to see what extraction method is being done on the mushroom. Not all mushrooms need to be dual extracted. I know there's a lot of confusion sometimes about like why do you only hot water extract your turkey tail or why why do you use these combinations of extraction methods? So why don't we touch on that? Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So when you are extracting for water soluble compounds like beta glucan, you're obviously going to use a hot water extraction method, and anything that's a fat soluble compound, you're going to be using an alcohol extraction method. Right. Yeah. So so something like a. Uh, reishi or chaga that has triterpenes, you're going to want to use an alcohol extraction method as well as a hot water extraction method. So you're pulling out both of those beta-glucans and triterpenes. Yeah, so again, specifically hot water compound extracted mushrooms, like turkey tail I think is the only one that you just have a water extract. Maybe cordyceps as well. But species like chaga and reishi in particular, those are the two where you really do want that dual extract because a lot of the benefits Reishi, for example, has this like relaxation benefit or kind of a stress relief benefit. A lot of that comes from the uh, the triterpenes. A lot of the hypnotic effects of reishi comes from the triterpenes. And if you don't have an alcohol extract, you might not have all of those compounds as bioavailable in your body. So that's definitely something to look for. Uh, again, what part of the mushroom is used, but also how it's extracted. Um, and again, there's a almost like a bazillion different ways that you can do all these different things. It's just important to know which one is which? Uh, I was just going to go into, once it's been extracted, how can you get it? So obviously there's the powder version, but you can also typically get it in capsule version too. Right. And I know for, for uh, Fresh Cap, we offer the exact same mushrooms, also in capsulated form, and no fillers or flow aids are added to that. So it's just mushroom ex- extracts put into a vegan toluene capsule. So sometimes flow aids and fillers are used in capsules, but that will be identified on the labels when you read the labels. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking for convenience, capsules for sure are the way to go. You can take them with you. You can use them any time of day as long as you have something to drink to wash to swallow them down. <laughs> and, and then you're good to go. So very convenient. Yeah. Um, if you have That's trouble nice swallowing capsules, though, then powders are the next best thing and a really fun way to use mushrooms because you can get very creative. You can add them to baking and cooking and... Um, Oh, I got the wrong one. I was like, oh, they do look different. Okay, let's do that again. <laughs> Just want to show you how it's the exact same thing in the powders as it, in, as it is in the capsules. Boop, boop, boop. So yeah, there you go. Powders and capsules. You can also be able to find yeah. tinctures online too. Do you want me to sure. click up over there? Right, there you go. Yeah. 
yeah, you get textures too, but um, you know, powders work really good. Like, because people often want to know how do you use powders? Is there anything in particular that you got to consider? So there's a bunch of different ways that you can use mushroom powders. Of course, just putting them in a capsule and having the capsule is one way to do it. So a lot of people actually like to taste the mushrooms and there is, you know, some body of evidence is saying that, you know, a lot of the benefits, like you want to be able to taste it to kind of like, I don't know, to like let your body know that you're ingesting it and kind of helps with the benefits. I know some people believe in that, especially, I don't know exactly what it's called, but something about like tasting the bitterness and actually experiencing the benefits of the mushrooms that way. There you go. Yeah. So a lot of people do like to use the powders. So one way to do it, one of the easiest ways to do it is just to add it to coffee or tea. So um, you can get pre-made mushroom coffee or uh, you can just get coffee or make a coffee and then add like one scoop of mushroom powder into your coffee, stir it around, and it becomes this nice kind of like slightly earthy flavored coffee that a lot of people really enjoy. So that's probably my favorite way to use lion's mane or, or one of the blends is just to simply add it to coffee. Yeah, yeah. and if you don't want to, if you think the taste might be too strong in your morning coffee, I wouldn't say ruin your morning coffee, but some people like their coffee. Coffee is, is sacred for some, right? Yeah. Um, but if you didn't want to do that, you can always mix it into a smoothie. Or if you find that some of the extracts, like maybe the reishi is a little too bitter, um, adding it into something with a little sweetness or a little chocolate or a little flavor really hides that mushroom taste. And it's a fun way to get it down. So Yeah. Because again, some people really like the taste. Some people think it's like too much. But it's easy to mask. So like that smoothie, for example, can you taste the mushrooms in yeah, there? Yeah, I put turkey tail in here. You can't taste anything. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's a tropical turkey tail smoothie. It's delicious. Right. Um, and some people, you know, you can easily add it to salad dressing, bake it into brownies, cookies. Whatever you're trying to accomplish, you can get it in there, whatever you're cooking. Yeah, you can put it in um, whatever, like a couple days ago, you made some hero bars, which are like these little granola things and put in... Actually, quite a huge dose of cordyceps. A tablespoon of cordyceps. Yeah, yeah and um, you know that's a great way to get the cordyceps. And Take it with you before your workout, have a little snack. Yeah, that's great. Those bars are actually really, really tasty. Yeah, one of the questions that we get quite a lot is, you know, if you add it to your hot coffee, is it going to change the active compounds or decrease the amount of active compounds? But no, the active compounds are very stable, and actually, we use a very hot water extraction to pull a lot of those out. So adding them to hot or say cooking them further in a soup won't degrade the active compounds in there. Right, that's a really good point. And to, to add to that, some people ask, like if they get the mushroom powder, do I need to add them to hot water to get the benefits because I need to do that hot water extraction? And the answer is no, because the hot water extraction has already been done. So not only will like adding it to your coffee, it's not like the heat is gonna degrade those active compounds, but by the same token, if you just put them in cold water or take them in a capsule or put them in a bar or something, you're gonna get those same benefits. Because again, basically what we do is we take whole fruiting body mushrooms, you grind that up, you put it through uh, an extraction, like a hot water extraction, for example, at around 82 degrees Celsius, like warm but not totally boiling. And that pulls all those active compounds out, makes them bioavailable, and then you spray dry that whole mix and it turns back into a fine powder, which is, which is what we use. So all the active compounds are already in there, bioavailable, they're not ruined by heat but they don't need heat to, um, so your body can get the most benefit. Right, and we can't generalize that to all supplements on the market because some companies do just dry and grind and sell a ground mushroom without doing any extraction process. So you really wanna know what you're looking for when you buy something so you know you're getting the best quality supplement. Yeah, 
and again, you'll be able to you'll be able to tell like extracts when they've been extracted. I mean, you can tell by the label or whatever if they've they've been extracted. But when you look at them, it's 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 also pretty obvious. I wonder if I can just take a little bit of this my little baggie here. <laughs> See if I can put it out there. Put it by the linesman. Oh yeah, because this is linesman. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll do. Oh, that camera's not working oh, anymore. That uh, that's okay. Um, you know what? I'll take a take a little clip afterwards. Take a and uh, as I'm talking, they look can, very different. We'll do the magic of afterwards, and we can show what it looks like. Um, and I do actually have a little. This one is like way. <laughs> so this is a, a jar of lion's mane grain spawn that's been like way, way, way overcolonized. And actually, you can see. I don't know if you can or not, but there's like lion's mane fruiting bodies starting to show up inside the jar. Um, but you know, this is basically mycelated grain minus a fruiting body. So you take this and grind it up, and it would look like this. But again, the problem is. It's not going to have the high concentration of beta-glucans. It's actually going to have a high concentration of alpha-glucans from the grain. And then furthermore, it's not extracted, so you need to, you know, uh, you need to perform some sort of uh, extra extraction process in order to actually get those beneficial compounds out. So now, what do you think about myceliated grain products that are grown on oats? Because oats are also high in beta-glucan, not fungal beta-glucan, a different beta glucan, but what do you think about that process? That's a really good point, and actually, um, that's a much wider conversation in terms of what beta glucans are. But just to put it simply, beta glucans are a form of polysaccharide. Polysaccharide is a form of sugar, basically a long, uh, long chain uh, carbohydrates and or a big sugar. But you know they're very specialized, and they can have all, all, all sorts of different shapes and sizes depending on the different like subatomic connections that they have. So fungal beta-glucans are going to be a lot different from uh, oat beta-glucans. And our immune system, obviously, is going to react much differently. So the immune-supporting benefits coming from fungal beta-glucans are going to be much different from anything that comes from an oat beta-glucan, even though people will call them both beta-glucan. Did that kind of sum it up right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we should definitely do a whole episode of Mushroom Coffee on the different uh, functional or active compounds in mushrooms. Um, but if you did want to learn more about that right away, I, we did do a whole video on fungal beta-glucans, what they are, how they work. It's on this YouTube channel. I think you just check out uh, how mushrooms support your immune system, I think is what it's called. And um, that's a pretty good in-depth explanation. Um, and we have an article on it as well if you want to learn more. There you go. But one thing I wanted to mention too is like, okay, so we take the whole fruiting body, we perform this extraction process, we turn it into a fine powder. That powder can easily be added to smoothies or coffee or tea or food or whatever. But, you know, if you take a fruiting body of a mushroom, grind it up into a bunch of pieces and like simmer it on your stove for a couple hours to make your own tea, you would get a lot of those similar benefits, right? Because it'd be fruiting body that pulls those extractions out. So, um, so if you're growing reishi at home, you can make your own tea. If you're wild foraging turkey tail, you can make your own beneficial medicinal turkey tail tea. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another reason why we like the hot water extracts because, you know, traditionally that's kind of the way it was done is you'd find, um, you know, when you talk about traditional medicine, you would find whole fruiting body mushrooms and kind of tear them up and put them through a hot water extraction process, AKA just making a tea. Um, and they can actually be pretty good. Like chaga tea, I don't know if you ever tried it. Chaga tea is really good. Um, reishi tea, I actually do kind of like. Some people Strong. find it insanely bitter. Um, um, but I actually do kind of like it. You need to have it, I think it's got to be pretty dilute to be like enjoyable on every sip. But uh, 
it can get pretty strong, that's for sure. Which is another benefit of the powder, right? Because again, you can mix it into a smoothie. You don't have to deal with that like strong, bitter, reishi taste. But keep in mind with mushrooms, if there's a bitter flavor, a bitter taste, that often means a really good thing, right? It means that the active compounds are actually in there and they're doing their thing. So if you tasted like a, like a mushroom, like a pure mushroom powder extract or whatever that didn't have that tail end kind of bitter taste, you kind of question, why isn't it bitter? Where's the bitterness, you know? But they won't all be very bitter. They won't all be yeah. very bitter. Yeah. In, in, in terms of like these mushrooms, what do you say would be like most to least, most bitter to least bitter? I would say reishi would be the most bitter. Yeah. And then probably chaga. Yeah. And then maybe cordyceps, lions, and turkey tail. Yeah, turkey tail and chaga. You think chaga is better? Yeah. What, you know what? I'm going to try it right yeah. now. Which is one? Rishi. Ah, uh, chaga. This is Rishi. Yeah, that's Rishi. Are you going to do a little taste test? How would you describe it? I don't know. It tastes like Rishi. That's It's funny because, like, growing Rishi a lot, I can, like, smell it and taste it because whatever. Um, just, it has a very distinct. Um, Some are more earthy. Like turkey tail is definitely more earthy. I wouldn't say it's bitter. Yeah. Maybe everyone tastes it a little different too. Cordyceps is a super weird one. It is weird. It's kind of hard to describe. Yeah. I'm gonna taste it right now. I'm just gonna dip my fingers in all these. Umami-ish, maybe. I don't know. There's something strong. Yeah. If you didn't know what it was, you might be opposed to eating it. You know, it's like it's like really. I want to say like fishy. But it's good. I don't know. I kind of like it. Um, and then chaga. I guess like chaga is like the most, if you're going to make it, if you just make a tea and you just want to enjoy it for the sake of enjoying it, um, chaga tea is probably, probably yeah, the best. Yeah. And the earthiness of them pair really well with like coffee kind of has that bitterness to it a little bit. And then anything with chocolate. There's something about it. They go really well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good combination. No, mushrooms and chocolate in mm-hmm. general are yeah. pretty, pretty freaking good. So, okay, I mean, I think we kind of covered the basics. I just wanted to, yeah, I wanted to bring back uh, Fresh Cat Friday in a different format. Again, we're going to be calling this Mushroom Coffee, where we're going to be talking about all different things. What would be really cool, too, is to get, like, your questions, anything that you want to know about mushrooms, about mushroom supplements, about anything Fresh Cap, really. Um, just kind of like a weekly touch point where we can come here and, and talk about mushrooms and hang out and really interact with all the cool uh, mycophiles out there. So, yeah, I'm super stoked about, about Mushroom Coffee. And, yeah, uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. And, um, yeah, we'll be back next week with uh, another relevant mushroom topic. <laughs> Anything else? I think that's it. I didn't even get through my whole coffee, so I I, maybe we got to re- rename the show or something. Hmm. Okay, see you. Thank you for watching.